that sounds pretty if you don't mind just kind of backing it up for a little bit. But I feel like the Lord said, build an altar of worship. And, you know, as we were talking about, really, really, um, the whole service and the song choice has been a um, kind of a sermon in itself. You've already been preached to already. <laughs> and that we, I, I just I just pray, Lord, open our eyes that we might see you. You see, we, I know we go through life and we do things. I mean, we're busy. My family and I are busier than we've ever been and loving life. And, you know, kids have got activities. And uh, my beautiful wife is not only running a home and, and keeping things in line and keeping me in line, but she's also a school teacher and a cheer coach and, uh, just all sorts of things and, uh, that we've got going on. And uh, a lot of times we can just get our focus out of kilter. Uh, our, our, our eyes wander. That's why we, we started the service this morning. We turn your eyes upon Jesus because sometimes you've just got to push the clutter aside. And especially when the anxiety begins to rise or a depression comes in or you, you get scared about things or, or just whatever begins to happen and, and then all, you know, all of a sudden you come with the realization of like, what, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? And it's just, that's when you've got to push aside the clutter and push aside the noise and put your eyes on Jesus. To set your sights on the man and the one who, who breathes the life into every avenue and every room and in every corner of our life. And without that life, there is no life. We're just wandering around, as the scripture says, whited sepulchers. We're just tombs walking around, empty of life. But just like Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, he wants to cause you to rise. And that you meet with him. And I I felt like as, as the Lord was speaking this week and like I said I hope I articulate it well but um, it's, it's really kind of just coming from the heart and so I'll just read a little scripture to you in Genesis chapter 12 verses 6 through 9 and it talks about Abraham and uh, before he was actually named Abraham and, Abraham and God had called him and so Abraham passed through the land of the place of Shechem and hopefully I say these words right but And the Canaanites were in the land that the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. You see, there's promises that maybe you felt like the Lord has spoken to you. And as life goes on, sometimes those promises seem fleeting. Maybe they didn't come to pass the very next day. And so you begin to wonder, God, are you still going to work in me? God, are you still going to use me? Will we break through this? You've promised and you know, we know the scripture that says God is not a man. He should lie. He, God does not lie. If there's anything he can't do, God can do all things. We can do all things to Christ. But one thing God can't do is that's not a, he, he cannot not tell the truth. He has to tell the truth. He's everything. He's the embodiment of truth and life, strength. To your descendants, I will give this land. And there, were, and there Abram built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from the mountain, or moved there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. And then he began to journey. It also says that later on, he came back to the place where he first built the altar. 
I think most of us, you know, if we've been going to church a while, we know pretty much what an altar is. It's a place of sacrifice. Now, if you've kind of grown up in the church, you really haven't had the, the Old Testament background and the background as far as altars, we think of this, you know, as an altar. Of, you know, you go to a church and it's got this nice wood and everything, but an altar was messy back then. And they were hewn of, of rocks. Sometimes they were, they were hewn of certain wood or, or certain things covered in gold or brass or just different things. That, you know, they had decorations with horns on the altar. And, I, you know, we could spend all day probably just going through what all those things meant. But, meant. but the thing is, is that, that was, the altar was a transitional place, a meeting place where basically heaven met earth. Our earthly being, who we were, mankind, sinful man, that was kind of like a, a meeting point where God would meet man and man would offer a sacrifice, or a lamb or, or different things in the Bible. And there, was, there was different sacrifices for different things, but they would come and they would sacrifice. They would offer burnt offerings to the Lord and there was a transition that happened. And because Abram had an encounter with God and he wanted to it was kind of a, a, a remembrance, a, a memorabilia, a memorable spot where he's like, God spoke to me here. God did something in my life here. There was a change. And then later on, he went on and journeyed, and, and uh, as the scripture goes on, and then, then it said he came back to that place of altar. There were many different people in the Bible, you know, Isaac and Jacob, different ones. Jacob wrestled with God. And he, he was like, God, I will not let you go until you bless me. I, I must be touched by you. I must have an encounter with you. And, and we know that Jacob, his walk changed. You know, it says that the, 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 the angel of the Lord, you know, that, you know, God just put his hip out of joint. And so he walked with a limp from that point on. But, but it changed the way he walked. You see, an altar is a place of tran uh, transformation as well. You change. You're never the same. David in, in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 24, uh, there, uh, kind of reading the background of that, there was, you know, the anger of the Lord had been kindled against Israel and there was plagues in the land. And so David knew that he had to meet with God because he had built this relationship with God. And even while he was young and he knew, and even though David was full of mistakes in his life, he knew the one, one thing that, that God, that was said about David is he was a man after God's own heart. And then how do you take a, a murderer and an adulterer and say that he's a man after God's own heart? One thing that David did is he had a repentant heart. Yes, he would make mistakes and we all screw up. And not that that's a, a, a license to sin because of the grace of God, but the only place he knew how to get restoration, the only place he knew where he could be redeemed from his life was to return to God, return. And so in this chapter, there were plagues in the land and, 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 and so... He's like, and God showed him, I want you to go and I want you to build an altar and, 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 and buy and, 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 and build an altar on the threshing floor. And I can't remember all the terminology. I apologize. And, and, uh, but, uh, but anyway, he went and there was this, uh, there was this guy who, was, who owned the, pro the land. And so as the king approached, this, this man said, you know, oh, king, you know, he fell down and he, you know, did the honor and the homage to the king, King David. And, da and, and as David approached, he said, he said, why have you come to visit? He says, I've come to purchase the, your threshing floor, and I'm going to build an altar to the Lord and, and offer up burnt offerings and sacrificial offerings and fellowship offerings to the Lord. 
And of course, the man was like, no, King, no, you know, you, you have whatever you want. And I pray that the Lord blesses you and, and that you make that connection with God. And I'm paraphrasing right there. But David says something very significant in that scripture. In 2 Samuel chapter 24, he said, no. He said, I will not offer an offering that has not cost me something. He said, I will buy this because it must cost me something. You know, sometimes when we come to the Lord, it has to cost us something. And I believe that as we're approaching any season, really now, we draw the line in the sand now, build an altar of worship to the Lord. Fathers, it's very important that you build that altar of worship as the priest of your home. husbands and wives and families gather together not just on Sunday don't let Sunday be your only time that you give honor when we come together there's I mean did you not feel the presence of the Lord I mean it felt like we could just sing forever and honor the Lord forever because there was a, there was presence and it's like we came and we met God my one of the most difficult things and maybe it's just me as a communicator because um, you know and, and, and you know, I love the way Pastor John communicates, and this is not just a fluff up or anything, but, but you know, God has gifted him with, with communicating in, in a special way. And so, but sometimes when it comes to, and I'm just being honest about me, when it comes to trying to describe and paint the picture of what, what I feel here, or uh, like if, if there is a message or something that, that I may speak, or when I'm talking to someone, it's like, how in the world do I paint this picture of when you connect with the heart of God, when, when, when his spirit and your spirit truly connect, the, the transforming power, and I, I know I'm being feeble with the words, but the transformation that takes place in you, in the situation, sometimes the situations turn around, sometimes the situations don't turn around, but to, but, but to connect with the heart of God. And you see, one thing about Abram, when he returned to the altar, and I'll go back to this, and I'll, and I'll bring this to a close, and then we're just going to, you know, worship, and I'll probably turn it back over to you, Pastor John. I know I was trying to give you a little break, but just to kind of take it from there, because I don't know where to go <laughs> from that point. But he said, it, it, the scripture says that Abram returned to the place where he first built the altar, and he called on the name of the Lord. You see, I know, okay, I, Pick on you, Pastor John, a little bit more, sorry. I know his name is John Wood. Now, when I first met John, I really didn't know John. Back 2000, the beginning of 2010. I thought the man was crazy when he invited me on the stage, not necessarily to sing, but after I got off the keyboard and he said, I'm going to take up an offering for him and then invited everybody that was in this room to go and help me plant the church that we planted in Milledgeville. I was like, you're an idiot. But that began to introduce me to the heart of John Wood. And then we just, you know, periodically we met and he spoke into my life and because he was way ahead of the journey in that aspect than I was. And so I you know, gleaned from him, we'd do lunch or he invited me to the staff meeting that was, you know, you know, that was happening and all that. And then later on, our hearts connected again and we talked and then we felt like that we should, you know, that I should be working with him and, and all that. And then of course the rest is history. 
But now John Wood is not just a name or even a title of senior pastor of Christ Chapel, Macon, and, you know, and I know John. When, when, I, when I hear the name John Wood, there's, there's memories now. There's relationship now. There's, there's conversations that we've had, times he's poured into me, times we've worked together on services. There's a relationship now. Husbands and wives, same thing. And so when Abram went and he called on the name of the Lord, he didn't know just the title that God went by. There was a relationship. There had been encounters. There had been, there had been uh, an exchange at that altar time. There had been an exchange of, of personality, of character. There had been an exchange of power. There had been an exchange of joy. There had been an exchange of covenant. There's an exchange of, 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 of comfort and joy and, and, and all the things that needed to, for Abraham to sustain life, to fulfill the promise that God had placed in him. And I kind of wonder if we short-circuit our, our ability to get to the promise or, you know, the, the, the promised door that God's going to open or whatever God is. I wonder if we short-circuit that because we don't go back to that altar. And it may, some people build physical altars. Some people, you know, do, a, do, you know, do like a prayer closet and they build like a little altar in this kind of a physical. But more, it's, it's more so than a physical place, especially now, than it is, it's more of a posture of our heart. And we go back to the place and we call on the one we know. And when we say Jesus, when we say the name of God, we begin to remember all the things. And if you will for me as an exercise, close your eyes. And when I, when I say Jesus, what comes to mind? Rewind the tape all the way back as far as that goes when you were first introduced to Jesus. Go back to that place, that, that altar. Maybe you didn't even realize you had built an altar. But that place of remembrance where you and him met what did John say in Revelation? He said, I want you to go back to your first love. Do the first works over. Rekindle the flame, the passion. Because I know, and y'all just, just keep going with me. Keep your eyes closed and just, just hear and, and just remember and just let that, let that soak in. I know there's a lot of us 2018 was a kick in the gut. 2018 has been difficult. If you don't go back to that place, no matter what happens, good or bad, if you don't call on the name of the Lord, how can we survive? Call on the name of the Lord. And Psalmist David, as I read these words, I just want you to close your eyes and meditate. Because as you build an altar and you offer up your burnt offerings and your offerings of fellowship, 
Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor, my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Surely the low-born are but a breath. The high-born are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together, they are only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or put vain hope in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God. And with you, Lord, is unfailing love. And your reward, everyone, and you reward everyone according to what they have done. He's calling us. He is our salvation. He is our refuge. So wonderful, so beautiful, so kind and lovely, isn't he, isn't he, beyond compare, treasure rich in Marvelous and holy Isn't he, isn't he So beautiful So wonderful So kind and lovely Isn't he, isn't he Beyond compare So This Jesus, oh, oh, this Jesus, this Jesus, it's called Roger.
church family, when you hear a message like this, especially from, you know, deep within the heart of someone, the Lord's not giving us a sermon. He's giving you a thing. It's not important to write it all down. It's to get the thing. And this is what I heard in my heart for us this morning. There are those in this room that are Christians that don't have an altar. Build one. There are people in this room that have one and it's abandoned. Go back to it. There are people that have an altar. It's not abandoned, but it's neglected. The birds have made nests on it. The sediments fallen on it. Get the stuff out of the way. And then there are people that their altar is clean, but there's no blood on it. There's no cost. There's no... An altar is a very personal thing, and we practice coming here and kneeling, but we can't do the heavy things in the audience of people got to do them at home and I saw in my in my heart this morning I, I just had the idea the mental picture of the people that are getting on the altar for the first time and saying that's it I give you everything my past my today my tomorrow I give you everything and the wonderful thing about an altar is when the person all through the Old Testament and taught in the New Testament when we come before the Lord if we come with a right heart when we come with a repentant heart the Bible said God resisteth the proud but gives grace to the humble person and the drawing near it says that God draws near to you it means at the same time when we draw near to the Lord so much is said about being powerful you know being gifted and being excellent how about accepted just accepted and I believe the Lord has given us a word today and Ben you said you know for me just to I don't think it's going to happen here I think we got to go home and decide and I know it spoke to me I was convicted in an area I don't I don't want yesterday to be more alive than my today I don't want to talk about the glory years I want to talk about the glorious day the day that we live would you stand with us I think we ought to close this way and Ben thank you for speaking to us from your heart would y'all honor the Lord by honoring this morning We'll shift gears just a little bit and we're going to close with kind of a I'm just going to tell you I'm not going to try to dress it up do you ever just be in a service and we we never address really the devil I don't give him the credit uh, the Bible says and in nothing are we terrified by our adversaries but do you ever just want to kick him in the shins just, I mean just just tell him and here's the thing we are called the Bible says not to be intimidated by him in anything but he's not intimidated with you either until you call upon the name of the Lord. There is nothing, there is nothing that terrifies him. The Bible said the demon powers 
literally tremble. They, they can't hold the joints together when they hear you use the name. And where do we use the name? In prayer. In prayer. So whatever situation you're in, whether it's you need, uh, you need that encounter with the Lord, you need to come back home to God, you need to get serious again with God, you need to reprioritize and put God at the top, or you need God to come in and do something that only He can do. One solution for you. They that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's just not new birth. That's not new birth only. Saved means delivered, rescued, restored, healed. Whosoever, male, female, young, old, good, bad, whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord, coming the right way, using the name, shall be saved. So we're going to sing in the presence of heavenly and demonic principalities and powers. As for us, we will call upon the name of the Lord. against the believer. I'm a visual person. Don't just give me, just have somebody up front and give me a visual. And I go, I got it, I got it. So imagine this. Imagine the enemy of your soul, the strategies that have been in place since you were a child to cause you to stumble, to cause you to hurt, to, to rip out uh, parts of you, to put in voids and fill it with these horrible things. And all these strategies that carry on into your teen years and your 20s and your 30s. And he doesn't stop. He, he, he's looking to see whom he may devour. And they're all talking and saying, like he said, 2018, man, we have set them back. We look, look at this. Look at their countenance. Look at, look at their weakness. Look at their feebleness. Uh-oh. What are they doing? I can see it. I mean, I can see it in the spirit realm. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Hey, turn on 
them something. Distract them. Because if they bring him in the picture, if they bring God in the picture, and that person calls upon the Lord, anything is possible. What's going on?